I'm Christy. And I'm Keegan. And this is the Mastering None podcast. Today, we're going to learn a little bit about the history of writing. And if you're new here, I just want to explain a series we have going on. So we decided to start covering the 10 most influential events in history, or at least 10 of them. Maybe there are more. Yeah, I bet you there's more. And they're not necessarily in order of importance, but they are definitely in chronological order. And so if you go back and look, the first one in our series was the history of the agricultural revolution. It's kind of hard to say. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be doing a new topic every other Thursday. So look forward to these topics coming up every other week on this series. And speaking of the world, I just wanted to give a shout out to our worldwide listeners. And so we have a listener in Belgium. We have a listener in Nigeria. And we have a listener in Singapore. All the way. All the way. Far, yeah, I know. That's crazy. So if that is you that we're talking about, come find us on Instagram at mastering.none and say hi, because we're super excited to see other countries listening. Okay, so for the history of writing, I want to start off with some of the, the most basics that we started with, because writing is an essential part of our daily lives, and it has been used for communication and record keeping. For a very long time. So since the caveman days. Since the cave. Oh, listen to you, caveman this time. Okay, so when do you think this all started? Remember the agriculture. I can have a hard time saying that. The agricultural revolution was 10,000 BCE. So it's a little more recent than that. When do you think this all started? Um, I would have to say 25,000 BCE. Now, if we're on a number line, does 25,000 seem closer to us in history, or does it seem farther away than 10,000? Farther. Yeah, so 10,000 was our earliest one that we did last week. Wait. So we're moving closer in history. Oh, I thought it was, uh, I thought writing would be before. Before, I I know, that's what I thought too. So probably 7,500 BCE. 3,000 BCE is when these... Um, forms of communication. So you're telling me they had crops for 7,000 years before they even knew how to talk to each other? Well, to communicate through writing. Mm. They definitely had their grunts and their their vocabulary. They just didn't know how to write it down. And so initially, I mean, we're we're talking about pictograms being carved on rocks, Mm -hmm. and we're going to go all the way through texting on our smartphones for all the different types of writing. And so the early forms, the pictograms, uh, picto pictures. So these are pictures that represent words or ideas. So like the Egyptians used hieroglyphics um, and the Sumerians used cuneiform to, um, to communicate. So cuneiform is something that you impress onto wet clay tablets using a reed stylus, hmm. which was then baked to make the writing permanent. All that just for writing. I have a pen right here. <laughs> yeah, that and your pen is your stylus that you're using mm-hmm. to write, and it's so it's much easier. You don't have to bake your paper when you're done. Thank goodness you'd probably not you, but you know people probably light the paper on fire accidentally if they had to bake it. Yep. And so we have pictograms, we have cuneiform, and then we move on to hieroglyphics and uh, Chinese script. So 
getting closer to what we use today. So the Egyptians used the hieroglyphics to communicate. And, you know, after we have the, on the, the tablet, on the cuneiform, they would use these little marks that kind of look like um, the carrot above the six on the keyboard. Mm -hmm. And they would use that to communicate. And so they did not have an alphabet. And so fast forward a few years, we are now at the Phoenician alphabet, which is the first one that used symbols rather than sounds to represent ideas. Mm. So we had pictures to represent ideas. And then we had sounds that they would use on the on the with the stylus on the clay tablets and now we're starting to get into actual letters or symbols and so then the greek and the romans took that phoenician alphabet and created their own and those two alphabets are the basis of our modern day latin alphabet that we use in english hmm. all right well that was exciting there's all different kinds of alphabets out there mm -hmm. like the greek alphabet the roman the Yep. So Spanish. <laughs> the Spanish alphabet. <laughs> I thought they had a different alphabet, but then oh. I realized that the French have the same alphabet because they're both Latin based. <laughs> yep. Um, and so with the Chinese characters and the hieroglyphics, those are well, sorry, the, the hieroglyphics represented words and ideas, whereas the Chinese characters represented um, objects and ideas that were used in conjunction with other symbols to have more complex meanings. So we're getting closer to what we would call a sentence now, mm -hmm. as opposed to just a few pictures. And so now that we have the alphabets, uh, we are moving into much closer to the year zero. The Phoenician alphabet was started around 1200 BCE and had 22 consonant symbols. And they pretty much just use it for commercial transactions. So you want to buy my wool? There mm. you go. Here's a. So they had like a paper trail. Yeah. Maybe to to um, document their own data for their economic system, mm. but also maybe to make signs to, you know, in marketplaces. Yeah. And then, so that was um, in the 12th century BCE. And in, in 400 years later, in the 8th century BCE, the Greek alphabet started introducing vowels. And so it just made it the Greek language easier to read and write with these vowels in there. And that was, you know, like we were talking about the basis for the development of the Latin alphabet. So you mentioned how Spanish and French are based off of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that popped up around the seventh century BCE and, um, not only French and Spanish, English, what we use today, and then also German. Oh. So, and Italian is also related. To, well, I mean, it started in Italy. Yeah. So. so, yeah, we have all these alphabets, which have a profound effect on what we're doing. So we have, we have just symbols, and then we put symbols together to start getting sentences. And then we have letters, uh, consonants only to begin with. And then we have vowels in there. So now we're getting more complex words, more complex um, meanings, you know, sentences. Mm -hmm. And so now we can actually start putting stuff down on paper. Um, well, not now, you know, now that they're now that they are starting to put stuff down on paper. What do we have here in the well, this is actually quite a few years later in the 15th century. Mm -hmm. um, 
CE, so 15th century, what was that, like 600 years before now? Yeah. Um, we have the printing press invented by the monks Gutenberg, oh. Johannes Gutenberg. Now, are you talking about the printing press in, in class right now, in your history class? I think we did talk about it. But you, I think you're a little closer than the 15th century now yeah. in what you're talking about. We're in like the 1850s then. Oh, okay. Um, so one of the big things about the printing press is now we have a way to standardize things. So we have things that are now being all spelled the same way because they're all being written there. Uh -huh. We have ways for the the less rich and the less educated to become educated because now things aren't so hard to come by. Yeah. When you have some guy sitting in his little house, whatever he's in, writing out something by candlelight, there's not going to be many textbooks lying around for you to look at. Mm -hmm. You're just going to have the wealthy that can afford to go to the schools can afford to have these. They're, the writings were very rare because of how time consuming they were and how much money they cost. Well, in comes the printing press and things can be replicated much faster. Mm -hmm. And now um, we have a less variations. We have this one version of it and it's being replicated over and over again. And that's huge for the Bible. Oh, because now everybody can see the Bible instead of somebody writing it out by hand. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's writing it out by hand, there are room for errors. There's room for that person's bias to come through with their own interpretation. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps they interpret a word a certain way, but the actual meaning of the word, it meant, you know, it's just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And so those little differences kind of were getting spread, uh, albeit very slowly because they had to wait for the guy to write it out by hand. Yeah. So before the printing press, the wealthy had the Bible. Obviously, the churches had the Bible. So if you wanted to know what the Bible said, you had to go ask someone to tell you what it said mm -hmm. because you didn't have the ability to interpret on your own. But now that you can read the Bible, you could make your own decisions and your own thoughts about the interpretations of what it said, which actually just kind of made Christianity spread like wildfire. Yeah. And so uh, the first printed Bible was in Latin in the 1450s, mm -hmm. so right in the middle of the 15th century. And within a few decades, so by the end of the 15th century, it was translated into several languages. It started by Martin Luther, right? Because I know he translated it into German. So the availability of the printed Bibles had a significant impact on the spread of Christianity. So again, not only can they read it for themselves, but now they're reading Mm -hmm. So they're not just reading the Bible, they're reading also. So it's increasing literacy and education. Now more people are understanding Christianity. And we now have that standardized version because each copy is identical. All right. So what else did the printing press do? Obviously, it had a huge impact on the Bible, um, but it also had impact on many other areas. Like it just helped spread knowledge and ideas. So for example, the Renaissance and the scientific revolution mm -hmm. were both able you know, to spread more quickly and widely than before because they had access to these printed materials. So that, so now we're not only growing, but we're growing quickly in, in fields such as art, 
literature, philosophy, and science. So we're starting to get that exponential growth in the advancement of these fields. It also standardized the language. So I mentioned that we had um, different spellings for different words. So now we could have a common language, a common spelling. So that way, you know, everyone's getting the same one. So it kind of makes me wonder who got to pick the right spelling of the word. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes when I'm looking at some of these English words, like who decided who decided who decided that comb and tomb would be spelled very very similar but not rhyme yeah or like limb and climb Mm -hmm. one letter different don't sound anything the same so then there's a lot of political and religious upheaval because now we can spread political and religious religious pamphlets throughout for example the protestant revolution Because there was such availability of printed materials, again, people were able to read the Bible for themselves. They could form their own opinions. Mm -hmm. And this also helped spread um, not just religious, but politically, the American and French Revolution were fueled by the the printed materials, like the pamphlets and the newspapers. Mm -hmm. If you know what's going on, you can now form an opinion about whether or not you agree with it. And if you don't agree with it, and a bunch of people don't agree with it, you, you can got get your word out there that you don't agree with. Yeah, I mean, start your war. So now we have access to education, and that also helps the economic part of society because now it's not just the wealthy that can get the education. Mm-hmm. Everyone can get the education because, well, maybe not everyone, you know, people are still out yeah. there in the fields working, but many more people will have access to education, which will just help fuel our economic system all right so where are we today with writing what do you think about handwriting compared to typing what do you prefer uh i can type much faster than i can handwrite what did you learn in school i learned handwriting you learned cursive did you ever take typing classes or how did you learn how to type Mm, just with silly computer games Okay, did you, was that like an assignment or you just did it yourself? Um, like if you finished early, then you had to do the computer games. Okay. So, huh, interesting. If you finish early, so if you're in the smarter side of the class, you're going to have access to both the cursive and the typing and the Which slower. Which is how I got a lot better at typing in <laughs> <Right>? my class. <laughs> I see. Um, so I had cursive. I remember learning cursive I in third grade. Cursive in third grade as well. And then in high school, I had a whole class, a whole uh, a year long, a semester long, I don't know, on typing. Mm. And that included how to use a typewriter. So I had to go out to the store and I had to buy my own little, um, I can't remember like what they're called. Cartridge? Not, it's the opposite. It was the little thing that you put in to make it have a white out. So if you made a typo, then you would you would put the little white ink in or the little it was like a little um, rectangle of white. And you'd put it into the typewriter and you'd hit the button. So instead of hitting the ribbon to make the the print in black, it would hit the little square that would make the print in white and it would white out the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also put like an X over it to white it out. And I remember when my grandma first started emailing me, she if she spelled a word wrong instead of using backspace. She would just hit X over. And it was funny because it would be like a misspelled word and then like have one or two X's after it mm-hmm. in order to um, 
quote unquote, whited out. Um, so we use writing as a written form of communication, as a creative outlet. And this is both typing and handwriting, but all of these these letters that lead to words and sentences get can kind of accomplish both of those tasks. Tasks, man, having a hard time talking. And I've noticed in being on Instagram or seeing text messages that some of the younger folks out there have their own vernacular, if you will. So there's a lot of abbreviations. There's a lot of words that are just literally misspelled on purpose. Mm-hmm. What do you think about all that? Do you think that's making you smarter because you kind of like go back and forth between like our our English, you know, standardized communication versus your your teeny bopper text communication? Or does it make you dumber for having to spell words wrong? What do you think? Nah, I, I think over the summer and when you really get back to school, you can notice it because when you're writing something like if you're writing if you're typing about all summer, A, B, T, and then you get back to school and then you're like, this is about, and then you go catch it. Like I could catch myself writing A, B, T. So you're literally just removing the vowels, which we just were saying how important no, they the were. No, the first vowel. Oh, that's true. And then really is like R, L, Y. Mm-hmm. And this is because it's just so much faster. Yeah. Because oh, usually your phone can like auto predict the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just fun and not only the shorthand of the words but also abbreviations like lol which i just oh. heard was lol the other day when we were doing the, the lol observatory <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah there's a whole bunch of abbreviations so i don't know i don't know that i have an opinion on those in particular because for me it's really easy for me to switch between spelling a word shorthand when I'm texting versus typing out the whole word when I'm typing. Yeah. So for me, I don't really notice it, but I have noticed since social media puts everyone's writing on display, I have noticed how many people don't know the difference between there, 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 or two, two and two, two. <laughs> all those, all those synonyms, uh, not synonyms, homophones that people yeah. can't spell. So People look out for that. <laughs> All right. So that's it for the history of writing. Find us over on Instagram at mastering.none and leave us a message and spell it correctly and make us happy. <laughs> or spell it incorrectly and it'd be funny. <laughs> All right. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.